The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. On classic hits. This is COVID Connections on the Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits. All right, this week on the COVID Connections, we want to talk about the forgotten industries through this whole pandemic in some sense, because everything else we're dealing with, with the pubs and healthcare and all those other people's shops going back to work. But the former member of the Saw Doctors, Pierce Doherty, no relation to Sinn Féin, by the way, his first outdoor large-scale event after he left the Saw Doctors was managing Bob Dylan's live concert at Pierce Stadium for Aiken Promotions. Since then, he's been involved in the Galway Comedy Festival, worked as a site manager of the Electric Picnic, uh, the Sea Sessions, tour managed Tommy Tiernan in 2018. He he was a project manager for Ed Sheeran's Irish Tour, which saw, of course, Ed Sheeran perform to 425,000 people over nine shows. And also, he has just been made redundant, of course, from the Galway 2020, where he worked as head of production. And he joins me on the air. Pierce, good afternoon to you. Hello, Niall. How are you doing? It's quite, I have to say, there's a lot of big CV there. If you prepare oh, some... I'm tired listening to <laughs> I know, I know. Well, look, I yeah, mean... Thank you very much. It's com- we've completely ignored the fact that we haven't here at Classic Kids because, of course, we lose a huge amount of advertising revenue, which is a knock-on effect because a lot of our advertising is for gigs and events and all that kind of stuff, Ticketmaster. So we've lost a lot of money just like you through this. I mean, it's not just you. It's the knock-on effect for the merchandisers, the vendors, the catering, the staging, the sound crews, the promoters. And nobody is talking about this. There's no mention of it in the phase plans. The COVID payment's going to be cut off very soon and you're all going to be on the dole. We're the head and industry. We're behind the stage. Nobody ever sees us. People turn up at the show. They walk in. They enjoy amazing production, amazing performance, excellent campsites, great car parking. They go off home. But it's us. We're behind the scenes. We're responsible for that. Uh, we've not felt before. Uh, we work hard. Our season starts in April. It finishes generally around the end of September. Actually, it generally starts around Paddy's Day. Paddy's Day Parade is kind of like the kickstarter. Yeah. And, uh, that was the last event this year that was, well, was pulled this year, obviously, and we optimistically were hoping to get back next year, St. Patrick's Day, but it uh, doesn't look like it at the moment. So, we've seen no events, of course, this summer. Now, there are tickets going on sale for events for next year, optimistically, I suppose. The Taoiseach has kind of mentioned that maybe we might have 5,000 people outdoor by September. But again, that's vague. We don't know if that's for a live event or whether it's just you can all hang around the Phoenix Park. We don't really know what that means. Um, But So, there's no mention of... I mean, they've even clearly stated that in pubs, for example, when they do reopen, there'll be no DJs, no live bands and no music. I know, I know. And the number one reason, uh, Falls Ireland carried out a survey uh, a number of years ago, and the number one reason for people coming to Ireland was experience a music session in a pub. Uh, having so, the crack, yeah, having the crack. Yeah, exactly. But listen, getting back to that 5,000 figure you quoted there, why they picked 5,000 is, below that you don't need to apply for an event licence, above that you do. So, I mean, the assumption that because it's below 5,000, it's much easier to organise is actually wrong. You still have to have your public liability and your employer's insurance in place. You still have to get an event permit from whether it's Dublin City Council or Galway City Council or the county councils. So, I mean... the fact well, that I mean, I, I'm public- assuming there's still as much chance as we, if indeed there is even a chance at this stage, which it doesn't seem to be because it's suppressed, but, uh, of yeah, you I mean, catching COVID-19, whether it's 5,000 or 10,000. I mean... Uh, I think it's, they, they assume the ease of organising it is why they've pulled that figure. But you just cannot turn something like that around in two weeks, three weeks or four weeks. Those small events take nearly as long as the large events to organise. So, I mean, the figure's fine, but it doesn't give me hope that we're actually going to have them by the end of the year. Um, realistically speaking, a lot of the people that we're representing, we're called Epic uh, Event. Epic, yep. Yes, we've got Epic WG 
Facebook.com if people want to log on there. And anybody out there who's in that industry who'd like to fill out our census. Well, that's what we're trying to do today. We're trying to focus on this industry. So it's not just the big players, like, and I don't want to make him sound like yeah. give you a big head, but it's not just the big players like yourself with the big festivals. It's, you know, the, the wedding bands. And just joining me on the air as well is Carl Malloy, who's from the Wedding Band Association. Carl, you're still badly affected by this. You know, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Um, not at the moment, anyway, it doesn't seem. No, certainly not, Noel. Thanks for having me on the show. And uh, Stay I with me, Pierce. Sorry. To join in with Pierce um, last week, and I had a chat about him. There's a lot of darkness around the, and the unknown for us, I suppose. That, that's the biggest problem for all of us at the moment. But there is light at the end of the tunnel for, for the wedding scene. We're starting to actually see fresh bookings coming in for August and September. Um, obviously with weddings the numbers are going to be an awful lot smaller than in the business of the theatres so it's the theatres I suppose are going to be it's going to be a little bit more complicated for, for them especially being indoors but there's some there's some kind of freshness coming to the wedding scene now that we're seeing and, and that's where we're, we're working Okay but what's going to happen to everybody including yourself and Pierce and I'm going to speak to a DJ in a few minutes as well who you know in the nightclub scene but what's going to happen to all these people when the Covid payment which I know is only 350 I'm sure you guys are used to earning a bit more than 350 quid anyway but uh, and you have your lifestyles around the amount of money you earn. What happens, you know, when that's cut off? Uh, you know, yeah. are, are yourself and Pierce and everybody else destined to you know, to sign on the dole? If that's the, is that essentially it? Certainly, and a lot of people sometimes don't realise as well. People within the arts, you know, they don't make a fortune either. And you know, this three fifty for people within the arts. A lot of people are full time, and it's very welcomed. But that is going to end on the 10th of August, and that's the biggest problem for a lot of us. As musicians, as one-man bands, as DJs, as people even in the bigger scenes and stage managers and, and that kind of stuff. So it's something that we are... Well, t- well, th- th- well this is what I'm saying, and, and I know yours is a smaller industry, but Piers, you know, I mean, when, when you're organising an event, like, for example, one of the big ones that you did, the Ed Sheeran Tour, I mean, you've got, as I said, you know, you've got vendors, you've got catering, you've got staging, you've got sound people, all these companies that provide the staging and the sound you have ticket masters, promoters. They're all losing millions at the moment. They are. They're on their backs. They, I mean, we're calling for a suspension of the rates for these places that, that basically there's equipment lying in warehouses. We're calling on the government for a reduction of the VAT rate. Uh, for example, like the bleed out of a, an event like, say, Ed Sheeran coming to Pierce Stadium in Galway, the local economy, the benefit of that, you know, it bleeds right down pubs, B&Bs, you know, taxis, you name it, like everybody benefits. Um, I mean, the, and, and the VAT rate, by the way, just for clarify, is twenty three percent, right? Yeah. Because even right. even though it's a service, because I know that from when I used yeah. to do the clubs and the DJ, and yeah. so I was charging yeah. VAT. The VAT was twenty three percent, and I never could understand why it was twenty three percent because I'm not supplying a good; I'm supplying I mean, a service. Yes, and we still don't know why. It's, we, I mean, we're calling for to go to nine percent, but I mean, just just we need to mention that uh, the arts money yesterday, the twenty to twenty five million. Uh, our industry is not going to see any of that. That is for the subsidised sector. That is for the people who get arts grants year in, year out from the arts council. And it's welcome. Like, it's a very positive move for everybody. It sends the right signal, just like the COVID extension sends the right signal. But we, as Colin said, we are the forgotten behind this stage industry. And we're looking not for a grant. We're looking for strategic investment. That's what we want, to keep it alive until we can get kick-started in March next year and get the show back on the road. And Carl, what would you say to, to the minister, you know, if he was this, and what, what do you think your, your part of the industry needs, the, the Wedding Band Association and those people who, I and mean, I'll come to a DJ in a few minutes, who entertain people at weddings and nightclubs and bars, what, what do they need? 
Well, look, we, we all know what's evident. We know that entertainment and good entertainment is key to, to, to weddings, right? And you're aware of that you're a DJ yourself. Our biggest challenge, and over the last couple of years, is the VAT issue. We're going to be really focusing from the Wedding Band Association for the rest of the year targeting ministers, local elected representatives about that because we're paying 23% and we should be 13 and a half. You know, no, I ne- but I never about. understood this. I mean, because I was doing it for years, yeah. obviously, as a DJ, I was paying VAT, the VAT at 23%. But I, I never understood why, because it is a service. It's not, we're not selling goods. So I, I never understood the idea of having it at 23%. But of course, but they, the I, revenue understood it. So this has actually started, for the first time ever, there's now a lobby for this industry. There never has been before that. I mean, the NCFA for the arts community did a fantastic job in securing that money. But our industry has never lobbied. So, I mean, we need, to, we need to bring these issues to the government. And hopefully, I mean, there's an open door there at the moment by the looks of things. So hopefully, yeah. you know, being optimistic, they're going to have to deal with it. Okay, so just that webpage, by the way, if people want to sort of sign up or support it, uh, Pierce, what's the best way to get that? It's epicwg.com, is it? epicwg.com, yeah. All right, well, look, I appreciate you both coming on the air today, Cahal and also Pierce. I want to go to Fran King as well. Uh, Fran, we've had in the studio many times, by the way, as the Bootleg Beach Boys, Classic Beatles, and more recently as McCartney, All the Best. Fran joins me. Fran, good afternoon to you. How are you, Niall? Uh, there's, there's also, I, I've talked to the lads about the financial aspect of this and what the government yeah. can be doing to be helping you guys because I'm, obviously you're gigless at the moment, but there's also the art as well and how that affects people on a personal and emotional level. It's quite depressing, isn't it? It is, and I know Imro have helped out a little bit. They have uh, offered uh, a free on- uh, online service for musicians that are signed up to Imro for some kind of counselling and therapy in, in that respect. But it is, it, it's amazing the facets at which it affects you on not just a financial level and all the other aspects. The same as anybody else who's, who's been laid off, basically, you know. In, in, but people don't, people don't really give a, a first thought to musicians and to the arts but yet it's ironic that in a lockdown time you're watching Netflix which has our soundtracks on and our music but yet you know we're the last to be thought about but bringing us back I mean most people are kind of either back to work or working from home at this stage yeah. now a lot of people probably 85% of the country but there are yeah. jobs certain jobs out there where there is no light at the end of the tunnel and your job is one of those because it's clear from what they've been saying and what the hell uh, you know for example they've been saying to the pubs this is the Health Protection Surveillance Centre they're basically saying no live music no DJs no yeah. entertainment no nothing I think the Vintners Federation have really kind of thrown us under the bus as a proposal to get back sooner than later for them. And I think that's really ironic considering we kind of saved the day. Like, what would Temple Bar be without music in, in venues, you know? Mm-hmm. And to kind of sacrifice DJs and musicians as, as a way of opening the doors quicker is a little bit sickening. It's a little bit kind of, you know, uh, addressing the, the stable door broken while the horse is gone. You know, I, I think it's horrible because they've depended on us for many, many years. And then when a recession hits, it's okay for them just to play music in the background, but yet not have a live musician playing the bass. There's a lot of kind of double contradictions going on here. But mostly what concerns me is the uncertainty of, uh, of, of our industry and of, of anybody in the arts going forward. It's not just when we'll come back, but it's hard to see how it'll work coming back when you've got social distancing, when it depends on as many people as possible coming in to see it. So yeah. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah, right? because you have to. It has to be viable for five lads to get up yeah. on a stage. You know, you're not going to obviously do it for free. Um, yeah. So it has to be viable for you to make a couple of quid. And uh, let me go to Ian as well because I want to go to uh, Ian Cribben, who is a DJ for God knows how many years, longer than me probably, uh, nearly as old as me as well, or actually a little bit older than me if, I, if I'm correct. Ian Cribben, good afternoon to you. 
How are you doing, Noel? Uh, probably, probably just a couple of months older. But, uh, we won't, not, we won't not, split not. hairs, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we've worked together many a time over the years, Ian. We've worked in all the major nightclubs, and you yourself are still an active DJ on the circuit. I mean, this must be devastating for you, for, well, paying the bills, but for anything else. Yeah, well, it's, it's had a huge effect on everybody that, that I'm associated with in the business, including the venues I'm with. But, um, not only from a DJ point of view, but also from a promoter point of view, because, I mean, about three years ago, we kick-started over 30s events, club events in Dublin. That have, We've put an awful lot of effort into it. We took a lot of money at it. Um, we've had five events cancelled now this, this summer. We had a big one planned for June. We had one for July, one for August, and we were kind of planning something for September, but unfortunately, they're not going to go ahead. Now, there's thousands of people in the industry, as the lads you've already spoken to, to depend on this for a living. And, I mean, the long-term effect... It's going to be hugely damaging to every single one of us. And I mean, I think a lot of it have, have, have we've depended on this all our working lives. And I think a lot of people in this industry, from DJs to bands to singers to promoters, you don't really have any other skills to get into any other line of work. And I think a lot of them will find it very hard to adopt to another line of work because it's, it's, it's not something that they would find it very easy to get used to. Now, at the moment, we're, like, we're all struggling on the 350 a week pandemic, and that's going to change. We've been struggling, we're going to be struggling on a Unemployment. Ben, well, you'll be back down to two, but by the end of August, you're on to 203 euro. You'll be on the door because, as you know, the phases and the phase plans by the government don't mention at any point you guys going back to work. If anything at all, they're quite clear about the fact there will be no live music. No, there will. Or DJs. That's, that's what they have mentioned. I mean, it was mentioned a couple of months ago, but I mean, they haven't even made any comments on, on what way it's going to affect us in the future. I mean, are we, ta- are we talking about Christmas? Are we talking about. March, we're we talking about maybe even this time next year, but we're not going to survive, Niall, on 200, 210 euro a week. I mean, I know a lot, an awful lot of people already in the business who, not only in the same business as me, apart from D, DJs, but I mean, I, I know I know other people in the business have sold their equipment to try and make some make some sort of income. And, you know, they're going to have to buy that back again in a year's time. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to throw more money at it. But it's the uncertainty, as, as the lads have already mentioned, it's, it's the uncertainty. We don't know where we're going. We don't know if we're going to even, like, I don't think, I don't know, I can't speak for everybody else, but I think there's an awful lot of people in my end of the business that won't make it till next year. I mean, some of them have applied for jobs, can't get jobs, other kind of jobs. Some of us are probably maybe a little bit too old to get into another well, well this I'm saying and, and Fran you'd be in the same position that although you're the most talented person I know on a guitar and singing you probably couldn't build a wall <laughs> you don't understand what I'm saying I mean people in this industry like myself we don't know anything else well this is it when you've dedicated your life to your, your, your professional life to it it is it's your it's your career and um, to be asked to kind of or to kind of even navigate the idea of changing careers you know in the kind of just when you've gotten really professional and you've, you've built up a head of steam and a reputation and you've got your business up and going and your, your talents are out there, to kind of change it to completely something different is, is a tall ask right, at, at whatever stage of your life. But it's, uh, it's challenging for everybody. And I think another thing we have to kind of keep an eye on is the international picture because, you know, the news coming out of China of reinfections there and Japan uh, are kind of send shockwaves of a second wave and you just don't know. And if that knocks all of us back, I mean, we're at the end of the chain anyway, so 
Okay, yeah. finish the business completely live. Okay, well, we'll stay there, both of you, because I want to go to Sinn Féin uh, councillor Dahi Doolan. Uh, good afternoon to you, Dahi. How are you? Good afternoon. Good to be back uh, on your show, Nile, as uh, always. Thanks very much indeed, and I appreciate you coming on the air. And it's something that we really, maybe it's forgotten. I mean, we talked to Pierce Doherty, no, coincidentally, by the way, his name is Pierce Doherty, yes, yes. who uh, organised, of course, tour manager for Ed Sheeran here in Ireland, a project manager for Ed Sheeran, and many big events. And the knock on effect for vendors, caterers, staging, crews, security, promoters, ticket sellers. Everybody in that industry is massive, and it's something that we haven't really been talking about. There's no light at the end of the tunnel for these lads. Well, I was actually listening to, I was listening to, all, to, to your show today. I was, uh, it was shocking what I see as a picture, uh, is a dark picture of a whole generation you know, being cast to one side of musicians, of talent, of entertainment. And I really think there's a challenge for the incoming government to, to show leadership, decisive, swift leadership on this. We need to understand that music is part of who we are. Music is part of our culture celebrating uh, parts of our tourist industry, which we're massively dependent on. Um, I'm actually standing here right now, I'm in Temple Bar, and I see all these boarded up pubs and bars, and I was very shocked to hear one of your early contributors saying they feel like the vintners have thrown them under the bus. Yeah, there was that's Fran what, said that, yeah. Yes, Fran. That, 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 that struck a chord to me. I think we need joined up thinking. We need the entertainment the music industry, to be seen exactly what it is. It's an industry. It's not a hobby. It's not something you do uh, just on Sunday mornings. It's an actual part but he, of But he our, makes a, po- a good point. I mean, there's the, you know, the vintners at the moment desperate to get themselves open. And the very people who made their business for years would have been the likes of Fran and Ian Cribbin, the DJ there, who would have been in there entertaining punters, Absolutely. getting them in the door. The live bands. And now they're saying, Asher McGrann, we can open without them. We just want to get open. That, that's unacceptable. I can see that they're trying to get open and that's a lack of joint of thinking. But we need to see the government encouraging the music industry not to stay on its knees, but to get off its knees and to be back up a viable part of our economy. Because we will only realise this when it's too late, when we're into next year or the year after, and we realise, where's all the talent gone? Where's the music gone? Where's our culture gone? Because this is what these people provide. Um, not just the big concerts, but the smaller concerts. Now, I've been following some of my friends involved in the music industry, and, uh, and our office in Ballyfern was dealing with some of these 350 claims the COVID payment claims. And it was very, very difficult for some musicians. They have it. It's a bit of it's some income. But to have it stripped away from them in August is unacceptable. These people need to have because the, the, the helping hand right until they're back up and running again. And I would make but that sure, yeah, but when, but, but when is, uh, Dahi, when is that going to be? There's been no mention of it. I mean, the closest we got to it was the Taoiseach mentioned there in September. There's a possibility of outdoor events. We'll have to see what happens when it comes to 5,000 people. I, 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 I'm not going to necessarily get into uh, party politics on COVID it's beyond that it's bigger than that but I do think we need to start looking at a strategy beyond COVID for the economy and that's where that's where my head is at right now I know we're going to get through this awful time we're going to come out the other end but we don't want to come out of the other end come out okay, of but there's a, but there's a couple look- of things that were mentioned firstly right and I'm sorry to rush everybody but I am sort of stuck for time but okay earlier yeah. on Pierce Doherty from the, the, the Saw Doctors former Saw Doctors and Project Manor Fred Sheeran mentioned the VAT rate as a DJ myself many years ago in the nightclub yep. industry, the VAT rate was 23%. Never understood that. He said it should be reduced, obviously, down to 13% or, or down to 9%, right? Um, also, the other thing as well that he mentioned is the COVID payment for Ian Cribben and Fran, who are probably... Yep. Are, lads, are you both on COVID payments at the moment? Yeah, yeah I am okay. um, at the moment, Niall, yeah. But I'm, I'm not going to be able to survive on 350. I, no. I might be able to survive on 350. It'll pay the bills. I'm not going to be able to live on it. But if that's reduced down to 200, I'm in serious trouble. 
Okay, so these guys want to help mm. in hand. Like everybody else, 85% of the country are getting back to work or working mm. from home mm-hmm. um, right now because a lot of the shops are open. So, But these guys are not going to get yeah. back to work. There's Absolutely. no light, so I, we need to extend agree. these payments. Absolutely. As I said, they need a helping hand. They don't need uh, a boot on the neck. They need a helping hand. We need a COVID payment to be reviewed. The VAT payment needs to be reviewed. We also need, we need to get, get grants. For, for these musicians and for the culture industry to get to get back up and, and running again because there's no point oh, can enough. I ask Dahi a question quick question is that okay yeah you can yeah. Ian yeah. Dahi listen thanks I uh, appreciate your comments on this is, I, th- I think that the fact that I mean there are enough a lot of people that are able to go back to work this, this business is reopening again where the where, where the where a business that's probably never going to open again for the foreseeable future but if anybody that, that, that is involved with the government or is any contact with the government can bring the issue up of the people in the entertainment industry that we cannot survive mm-hmm. on job seekers and allowance. It's impossible. Absolutely. I hear, I hear that message. Like I say, Niall, I hear that message loud and clear. I think your show has been fantastic in showing the shining the light on this crisis, and I would call it a crisis. Um, as I said earlier on, music isn't a hobby for everybody. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a career. Employment. Yeah. It's also an industry, and we need to see it as part of the Irish industry. It's part of our economy. It contributes to our economy. Massively, It's also part yes. of who we are. It's part of our culture. It needs to be celebrated. People come to Ireland because of this. My in-laws are all from America. They come here and they love the music. They love the entertainment. They love the festivals. And that's important that we don't lose yeah. sight of that as we move out of this phase of COVID into, into a, a, back into what some sort of sense of normality. We need to make sure music is kept alive. But, and, and, even, and even when we get help. into the new normal, as they're calling us, uh, these guys are still going to suffer because the and, new normal well, won't should, help and them. And we should make sure that nobody suffers as a result of COVID unnecessarily like this. Because we do need to be looking, to, looking forward. And I hope that someday we do have a new norm where we can be listening to music and DJs and having proper weddings. But we can't afford for, as, one, as, as Fran said, to have people thrown under the bus. It's unacceptable. Okay. And, and are, you, are you personally going to raise this issue yourself? I, Absolutely. I think, Absolutely. Yeah. It's been raised with me during COVID and we will continue to be a strong, loud, active voice in support of this industry. Have my word on that. Okay. And uh, the, the website, by the way, we want to go to is epicwg.com and this website was set up by Pierce, Pierce Doherty again, not the Pierce Doherty from Sinn Féin, but Pierce Doherty, the event organiser, uh, for people who want to support that industry and help that industry. And I'm sure, Dahi, you will look into that as well. I will indeed. Thank you very much. Lovely to be back on. Thank you very much indeed, Dahi Doolan. Listen, uh, Ian, thank you very much. And Ian, I wish you luck, by the way, with the, the events. And I, when, when is the next one after September, by the way, the next get-together? I was hoping for September, and then we kind of thought, okay, look, if we can get, to, if, we, if, we, if, we're, if we're told we can do it in October, we'll accept that. It means the ball is rolling again. And we, you know, okay, we so the, these, for, for people who don't know your so. business, these are events like, you do like uh, Rumours Nightclub Reunion, which is reunions for all the old nightclub people who yeah, want to get together. Yeah, we've done Coco's Reunions, we've done the Harp Nightclub Reunion, but we also do a lot of separate events off them, like we do big 80s, 80s club nights, we do 90s nights. Um, this has kind of kept me in the business after 30 years. Yeah, but what I do next, God knows what. We, we really, okay. really don't know. Okay, well, I, well, I wish you luck at that, Ian, and I wish you luck going forward. And I hope Dahi works out well for you, Fran. When's your ne- When's the yeah. next gig you imagine you're actually going to get to do? Would you believe? Well, every tour I've had is cancelled for the rest of the year, and I was just thinking of a point there. It doesn't help when you're reading the likes of the article in the Sunday Times yesterday of a thousand people surveyed, seventy-one percent of them saying that the number one non-essential job are musicians. When ironically, that's all they're watching during lockdown and hearing our soundtracks and our music. That must be that must break your heart when you hear people say that. 
It's horrible. I mean, I'm only just seeing friends on social media talking about it, just fellow musicians, like really hurting, you know, like you said, on that payment. And when you're saying 71% of people survey out of a thousand saying we're non-essential musicians. How like, can people say that music, which is the key of life, essentially? I mean, look, we, we wouldn't be here as a radio station if it wasn't for music. So how can, how can they turn around and say that it's a non-essential service when we li- we've shocking. lived our lives through music? It's shocking, and it, it is like like like. The That's other sad, actually. Are, I find that really sad yeah. that people would say something like that. that. That's where we're at, and the, the future, as you're saying, looking looking towards gigs, there are none on the horizons. That, that I mean, are, music. That when you when you think about it, music make it makes us happy. It can make us sad. You know, it can make us remember parts of our lives. Everybody yeah. thinks of a song. And you know where you were when the song was out. You'd be hard pressed to watch a Netflix show without music affecting you, whether it's soundtrack music or artists that guests on a soundtrack that that, yeah. that you know basically uh, make you feel the emotion of the, of that particular scene. So I mean, it's essential. I, mean, I see, I see it as a non-stop essentiality. Like it, it, it's well, but it is for for some people. I suppose it's one of those unconscious things that we don't think about. Like I know tomorrow the is it tomorrow the Premiership at Man United are playing Arsenal. I think it's tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and they've now decided they're going to introduce sound effects of crowds in the background, yeah. singing, the crowd singing, you know, oh, whatever it is they yeah. sing. They had to get copyright seemingly for all this rest of stuff. But the reason right. they did it is because if you didn't have a sound effect or that it music, it, there'd yeah. be no atmosphere. And if yeah, you've ever, right. if anyone has ever tried to watch, say, the likes of Titanic or Jurassic Park without With the music, the <laughs> it's just <Or> disastrous. <laughs> Yeah. You know, so I mean, it's, it's, it's I look, and, and how can we forget the big gigs we've been to see over the years and, and the clubs, the light clubs we've gone to and been entertained by Ian and myself and the bars yeah. we've gone to and been entertained by the classic Beatles or the bootleg Beach yeah. Boys or, or wherever it happens Absolutely. to be? And I mean, what somebody quoted the other day, it's a six billion hole in, in, in the revenue in the sense that from three arena shows down to board gosh, down to the likes of the shows we did, the Olympia and stuff like that. Six billion to this checker loss is a big amount of money. So we do contribute as, as as an art. We contribute a lot to the to the to the checker. You know. All right. Well, listen, lads. I wish you well, both of in the future. Thank you very much indeed for coming on the air. And I hope Dahu Good, takes man. that up in the doll. All right. Thanks very much indeed. And in the meantime, if anybody wants to go to that website, epicwg.com, and uh, maybe you know, if you're a DJ like Ian, uh, you're working in the nightclub industry, get together with other DJs. You know, network with them. Network with Fran from the bands. Maybe you could all get together, form some sort of an alliance to lobby the government firstly to have the VAT rate reduced secondly to keep that COVID payment going until such a time as you all get back to a level of normality alright I can't believe that people 70% of people thought music was non-essential what complete and utter rubbish COVID Connections on the Niall Boylan Show Classic Hits